nations where unarmed forces strike the edge of ecology. Well, we're t two weeks now, roughly, into this lockdown measure in the UK as a result of what's going on with the coronavirus uh, virus globally. So Peter and I thought we'd just get together on the phone to just have a bit of a chat about what's going on and how we've experienced things in Brighton in the UK on the south of England, for those who may not be aware. Um, so, yeah, generally, I mean, just from my perspective, I've got Peter on the line uh, coming through on the speakerphone. Hello. Um, so from my perspective, yeah, it's, I think we, yeah, we're probably both of your opinion, it's been sort of surreal periods for sure. Um, I mean, I work full time in a, in the IT industry. And one of the things that I noticed immediately was we, I mean, I'm not a key worker by any means. So I got told, we, we all got told we had to work from home, which I didn't really have a problem with because I work from home a lot anyway. But everyone around me, was acting like it was a really big deal because they're not used to home working. Uh, I think maybe it's a generational thing, but some of the, the kind of boomer generation, I suppose, uh, home working's not really necessarily as common. So people had to get taught how to set up machines and how to set up microphones to do Skype calls, blah, blah, blah. So there was that stage. And then, then you ease into working from home. It's not really an issue. But then that was the kind of first stage of it. But then I remember about two weeks ago now, Boris Johnson announced on TV one evening that because of the way the virus was spreading, we had to have a full lockdown. And that caught a lot of people off guard, I think. I remember Peter and I had a phone call about it at the time, and it did seem like a bit of a shock, really. Um, it sounded like something quite draconian. And I think I, I, I kind of felt like we weren't necessarily going to see that happen in the UK. It felt like it went against our liberal kind of values, I suppose. But it happens and and here we are two weeks in uh, so yeah how have you found it so far peter well it's been a very sunny day today we were told we couldn't really go out i've heard on the news uh residents in our town were out on the seafront apparently yeah we got done for a barbecue i think yesterday um but they're saying they might stop us exercising outside for our allocated Period. Yeah, that would really well people up. I feel like that. Yeah, that the health minister mentioned that, didn't he today? Yeah, I'm 
stuff at home and uh, listening to the news uh, like Martin is. Um, talk uh, radio has been very good. Yep. Uh, yeah. Ja- the evening, yeah, James Whale in the evening. Uh, there are other brands available like Five Live or BC. Radio 4 is good as well, more, more mainstream, but and watch TV, so I don't know what's on No, that. I've not watched a lot. I mean, radio. a couple of interesting trends, I suppose. Uh, I think this really has demonstrated that the BBC is, television-wise, not necessarily radio, but the BBC is pretty defunct now when it comes to people's uh, behaviour patterns with events like this. It, everyone is watching streaming media, Netflix and Amazon Prime, but it, it's just an observation. But it, I, I feel like the, 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 certainly the writing has to be on the wall for the BBC's licence fee as a result of things like this going on, because it, it really demonstrates that people just aren't watching BBC content uh, in the UK. That You might get the odd person watching... I mean, you, you, you'll still get a, a lot of people watching it, but the, the, the vast majority, certainly younger generations, uh, this is where Netflix and streaming media really has come into its own now. Can the internet take all that, though? Is it struggling a bit? Well, I have... Yeah. It is struggling, yeah. They have actually had to reduce the quality of the, the, the streaming. So, and I've noticed it because I've got a projector. I mean, this is like proper first world problem, right? But I've got a projector and I went to watch a film the other night and I noticed, it was noticeable on a projector how how diminished the, the bandwidth was or the, 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 bit, the, the uh, bit rate of the video. So they, they've significantly reduced it. I mean, I, I don't know what the figure is, but it's certainly not full HD. It's been reduced quite heavily. But I don't think they made the decision to do that. I think there was the internet has some kind of consortium and it was decided that the internet as a whole basically just couldn't handle millions and millions of people or perhaps even almost a billion trying to stream things. Uh, many years ago, and I, I can't substantiate it, I think I've told you this story before, but I heard on the radio about the internet that there's, I think there's 20 people in the world who've got these special cards. Yeah. They must go everywhere and have them with them at all times. And if the internet goes down, I think they call a certain number of them to go to somewhere in America. Yeah, in probably a name server. They, they stick a few of the cards in and reboot the thing. And... Um, Apparently this, they might call 12 and only need 6, I'm making these numbers up, but it's something like that. So if 6 get killed on the way or can't make it, yep. enough get there and they can reboot it. But I can't substantiate No, no, that sounds about right. Yeah. quite a few years ago. There's, there's a concept. There is a physical structure there. Yeah, there is. Yeah. They're known as um, name servers, but they're, they're physical locations. I believe there's about 12 of them. But yeah, exactly. If they all went down, um, the internet would, would just go down. Yeah, because nothing would resolve. Um, but yeah, it, it's yeah, it gets quite technical. But yeah, that that's my understanding of it as well. Is it? it but yeah, they couldn't cope. They knew that they would struggle with the strain of everyone streaming, and that's probably given rise to some of the theories about the five G agenda as well. Because one of the things that the mainstream media have been saying from the outset of this is, well, five G will solve all this because it will massively increase the bandwidth and the, the the speed everyone has at their disposal for, for streaming 4k and then you know going into the future 8k and all that business so that's definitely 
uh, you could argue that that's there's evidence of a kind of problem reaction solution stunt going on there with regards to well when there's a crisis then look at what happens to our infrastructure we need to upgrade to 5g that kind of thing yeah, in Birmingham, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think yeah. it was in the West Country, wasn't it? I think. I'm not sure, okay. Yeah, but yeah, the media... Yeah. And the media have jumped on that. I only heard a very brief story. But there does seem to be some strange correlation between 5G and the COVID-19. They both come from Wuhan, or certainly the 5G yep. only brought out there. There's an idea that it may have weakened the immune systems and then... Yeah. The coronavirus came out, it affected everybody, but maybe it was some sort of experiment that went wrong. I just don't know. It seems a very strange connection between two very different things. Um, yeah. There does seem to be some link somewhere. There does seem, I mean, Wuhan allegedly is the first city in China to enable like a kind of 5G grid. So that they've become like a digital city or whatever they want to call it. Um, so if that's true, um, and I mean, I've, I've, peop- I've heard multiple people cite that, but I've, I, it would be interesting to know if it's actually a fact. But if it is, then that is quite an interesting and significant fact, I think, about what's going on here. Odd. It's odd. Um, I mean, another interesting theory, I mean, there's a guy called Dr. Paul Cottrell, who's got a very, very relatively small YouTube channel. I think he's only got about 7,000 subscribers, so he's, he's, not, he's not, like, well-known, like, someone like, you know, Alex Jones or whoever. But he he's a, a, a quite an academic researcher and he's done a few interesting interviews. And uh, one of the things that he's revealed, I mean, it's not just him, but I think he's probably one of the most qualified people I've heard say it, um, is in Wuhan, as well as this 5G connection, they've also got what's known as a BSL level four bio, bio lab uh, based in Wuhan. BSL stands for biosafety level, apparently, and four is the highest category bioelaborating. So you've got one to four, four being the highest. Apparently, we've got about nine in the UK alone. Uh, China's obviously got quite a few, and America, many, most countries do. But one of them is based in Wuhan, which is just another one of those funny little coincidences that it could be absolutely nothing, or it could be a really strong indicator that we're not being told the truth about what's going on here. Um, I mean... I was talking to someone the other day who's been on our channel before, Nigel yeah. Finesse, he's done a few episodes with us in the past, and uh, yeah, we were talking about this the other day, and um, it does seem, you know, uh, okay, let's take it as some kind of influenza-type virus. We've well, never seen anything like this before, this level of instant lockdown and a military-style operation. Um, and uh, it does seem to me that clearly, I mean, Nick Pope was talking a while ago about the military has plans for everything, or governments have plans for every eventuality, and he said, and I mean every eventuality. So clearly it's something they can bring in to, to sort of instigate this very quickly. It's not something you could just do without planning it. But I wonder, you know, whether they even know there's more to this than they're telling us, because they would just do it with a, a flu or AIDS or something like that. They've never done anything like this before. Or is it more of a scam, that type of thing, and they're exaggerating it? Yeah. Um, I don't think it could just be in the middle. I think it's either worse or less bad. Yeah. You know, it's either a scam or it really is so bad, they're just not telling us. And so they yeah. instigated this major, major sort of um, operation. 
Yeah, that's an interesting point. I mean, Paul, yeah, that guy I mentioned a minute ago, Paul, Paul Cottrell, he kind of is coming from the angle that it's way more serious and they're adding on. Uh, it's it's a bioengineered weapon. He didn't call it a bioweapon, sorry. He called it bioengineered, so there's a distinction there because a lot of people are saying it's a bioweapon, but there is an, there's an alternate theory that it's... I mean, I suppose you could argue why would they bioengineer it? It surely the purpose of it is a weapon. I mean, what what else? What other purpose would it solve though? But this guy doesn't go as far as to call it a weapon, but he says it's bioengineered, and it it seems to be some kind of uh, some kind of. There's evidence apparently that it that, that there's been a level of almost like copy and paste. So it's it, if you compare the the genotype sequence of this virus with a with computer codes for those who have the right tools and the, the right methods to inspect this stuff they can identify that there's been some evidence of tinkering going on where things have been copy and pasted in a way that nature wouldn't necessarily do there's there's a kind of synthetic element to it perhaps so that's that's interesting yeah exactly i mean it does yeah, but maybe it's a black op thing. So the, the 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 although it's not acceptable by in terms of the legal apparatus we have, perhaps really there's all these secret black ops that go on where they all the governments out there, including ours probably, with Porton down, maybe they are actually out there working on this stuff. Um, there's even a theory that it came from the US, and it was sold to China. And then China had it in this lab, and then for whatever reason, it 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 got got released, maybe by mistake, um, but maybe it was intentional. Uh, there's just so many angles on this, and it, it's it's exhausting trying to trying to get to the bottom of it really, and and have an actual opinion on it because there's no one theory. I don't think. Like I mean, David Icke did a really interesting video today, uh, being um on his YouTube channel, it's available, but he, with a guy called Sean Atwood, who I hadn't actually heard of before, but he's actually uh, an ex-city banker stroke stockbroker, who I think there's some evidence that he was up to some shenanigans financially that he, that he got put in prison for, but the gist of it is, is he's now quite an open conspiracy-based researcher. He's no longer in the financial industry at all, but he interviewed David Icke, and Ike was on fire, I must say. But I mean, I've always been, I think, we, you know, we've both been massive fans of David Ike for a long time. But he really was on fire in this episode, in this, in this interview. So I'd highly recommend people go away and watch that on his YouTube channel. What's but the video called? It's just, um, it's, event, it's, so it's called Event 201, the Event 201 Conspiracy, uh, David Ike interviewed by Sean Atwood. So the event 201 is an interesting one as well, so that they talk about it in the video, but in October of 2019, uh, Bill Gates, Bill and Melinda Gates, organised a, 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 an event which was a training exercise to simulate a global pandemic. Can you believe it? So we're talking about classic, classic move here, which we've seen before with things like 9-11, you know, the drills that went on and simulated the the exact same hijack scenario as what happens in real life. Um, but they, they simulated the global pandemic and pretty much everything played out in this drill 
um, in the same way it's playing out in reality. And it was called Event 201. No idea why it was called Event 201. But it was it was done in New York uh, in some, you know, in some big conference centre. And it was like some kind of global command centre simulation type thing. Not quite sure how they would have done it, maybe with computer simulations and stuff of a pandemic. But um, it's very interesting. And a lot of people are starting to point to that as evidence of something very wrong with this picture. And because Bill Gates is now coming out and saying that we need, he gave a TED talk today, apparently, where he came out and basically said, everyone needs to be, vac- uh, have, have a vac- uh, vaccination for this once it's available. But they also need a ch- to be chipped and the chip will specify whether or not you've received the vaccine. And if it's basically like a social contract. So if you refuse the vaccine, you'll probably be refused employment. So this is exactly the kind of thing that people like I have been talking about for decades. Um, so this could be a catalyst for the microchip uh, being implanted in people, potentially. Yeah, I mean, do you remember that fake alien invasion plan a few years ago, 2012, you know, Crane was talking about? Yeah, blue beam. That almost reminds me of that, except you haven't got the aliens. There's that kind of... Yeah. That kind of way they would have done that, but turned into a pandemic. I think it's maybe a version of that they're playing. They may have had the pandemic idea. Yeah. Well, in a list of ideas, but it's it's a really if done the it works. Version, I think it would have been something like this. It's almost is an alien invasion if it's a virus. It's yeah. Like an alien to us, even if it's from here or man-made, it's still something alien to our system. So it's got that scary factor. But the, the um, one of the things Ike stressed as well, and again, I mean, Ike's obviously not medically trained, so it's you can't take everything the guy says as as, as you know the truth and all that business. But he, and I think it's an interesting point, and I kind of feel like he's right. I just feel it in my gut that he's right about this. So I guess it's that whole intuition thing. But he he said that the thing that's going on is that there is, he doesn't believe there is a virus at all. So what, what what the coronavirus exists, but that is not new. That's been around for a long, long time, for decades. And there's documents talking about the coronavirus from the 70s, apparently. It goes way back. Well, but coronavirus is just a type. Of it's, it's a type, yeah. So it's like yeah, a family. COVID-19 so, is a type of coronavirus. Yeah, so exactly. So COVID-19 is like a variant of, of the, from the coronavirus family. But... When when people are being diagnosed in hospitals with with COVID nineteen, it's not necessarily COVID nineteen. There's apparently there is no test that demonstrates that you have COVID nineteen. There's only a test that tells people that you've got coronavirus. So in in other words, it's like saying you've got you've got a corona based virus inside of you. Uh, you've got, but they don't know that it's a, that it's COVID nineteen. So that, that and and if that's true, that's pretty fundamental with, with in terms of what's going on, um, because it pretty much demonstrates that the whole thing is absolute BS. Um, because I, Ike's saying that we all probably have elements of the coronavirus inside of us, but we've probably had it for a long, long time, like years, um, and it just doesn't affect us. It's just the the deaths. They're people who would have died anyway. So apparently they're going again. This is only what I'm saying, and I need to. I want to go away and try and get his sources and all that business. But he doesn't generally just make things up. Like you know, let's face it. No, I mean there was a thirteen-year-old boy who died a bit. But on the other hand, he did have how many thirteen-year-old boys die of flu anyway? 
he he they they've almost always got other conditions though. Yeah. Um, he didn't have another condition, but it's not impossible that that happens anyway and it wouldn't be used. But sometimes people do just die, you know. They do. Um, there was a case of a 21-year-old girl a couple of weeks ago, and it was tragic. She died, but it was all over social media that she was the youngest, at the time, she was the youngest victim in the UK of, of COVID-19. Turns out she died of a, of a heart attack, and the coroner specified it was COVID-19 on the death certificate purely because he, he said that she'd been coughing a lot. Um, there was reports that she'd been coughing a lot. So he basically put, well, it must be COVID nineteen then, and it, it, it he had to he had to go withdraw it. So and the Guardian actually published an article about that, and they withdrew it the next day, which I thought was very suspicious. Mm. Uh, they withdrew the story about it being a coroner's screw up, or maybe maybe it wasn't either screw up. You know what I mean? Um, but uh, yeah, another thing I accept that again is interesting is apparently that it's, it's getting to the point now where apparently in hospitals, people with terminal cancer, like late stage cancer, who are definitely about close to death, they're being diagnosed with COVID-19 and then they die and then they say it was caused by COVID-19 and they get added to the COVID-19 statistics. Yeah. So that's funny how I've not, yeah, I, exactly. I've not read any reports of anyone going there yet, which I assume was, because they're now saying that we the, the the figures may have started to plateau in London. The new case figures maybe yeah. st have started to plateau, which implies, touch words, that that they have got a handle on it now. If it is, if it even is a thing that has, you know, that's need that they need to get a handle on. If you know what I mean. Um, uh, yeah, I'm. I mean, I really personally, I'm in. I'm in two minds about this. I really am. Uh, I, most of last week, I was probably in the camp of believing it was what we were being told by the mainstream media. It was a uh, this this uh, horrible virus that's that's causing you know mayhem and really targeting elderly people and vulnerable people and uh, and we we really should listen to the government's advice and stay indoors, all that business. But I've started to get a bit more sceptical, I think, in the last couple of days, uh, just because of some of the stuff that's beginning to circulate about the way they're working out these figures about the deaths. Like, uh, the, apparently a, a member of the Italian government a few days ago 
specimen made it pretty clear and and he didn't even try and hide the fact he just announced it like it was no big deal which was kind of weird but he kind of said well 99% of the deaths in Italy they've had the, the people who have died have, have had multiple conditions other than the coronavirus or COVID-19 so it, it's not COVID-19 that's killing them it's a fact it's a it's a combination of factors that's so it, it's it, it's so difficult to to ascertain whether or not someone should be classed as a as a victim of COVID nineteen or not, um, I mean, I suppose it's like does it tip them? Does it tip their immune system over the edge? That kind of thing. Yeah. But so could a flu though, or, or something. Do you know what I mean? So it's it's anything could tip somebody over the edge if they're that unwell, and and apparently the numbers of deaths in the UK this time last year were about the same. As, as they are at the moment, which is a real alarm bell for me, because it's like, well, hold on. You feel if it was, I know it's not belittling anyone who's died, but no. you feel if it really was a deadly biological weapon, it would, you know, you have like a million deaths by now, or more than that, it would really be absolute emergency, emergency, you know, yeah. like a horror film type thing. Yeah. It? it just seems to be, a, a, you know, a bad thing, but like you say, it, Unless they, you, mutation and a, a, yeah, a second that's yeah they they I mean I've heard the the government even the main the, the main guys who give the, the daily press talks in the UK the chief medical officer etc um, they they've they've openly said that yeah there is definitely a danger of like a second wave caused by a, a mutation and you know maybe that's actually the the really serious part of this that that they're gearing up towards is is a mutation phase. So, but yeah, it, it, you know. It's, but I mean, Ike and and various others they're 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 of the camp of the school of thought now that there is there is just nothing going on. It's all just a, a PRS game, problem reaction solution. So it's it's interesting. I'm trying to yeah, it's difficult to try and understand it from multiple angles and try and see see how the game might be being played. And and is I suppose it's important to also try and figure out what else is going on in the world that they might be trying to hide. And uh, it does get a bit wacky when you start thinking about that, like alien invasion. Is you know are they trying to hide the fact there's some UFO event going on, or do you know do you know what I mean? Well, you know, yeah, I mean it doesn't sound like trivialising the subject, but yeah. it has crossed my mind they could do something like that. Yeah. I, I mean I don't think they are, but um, we maybe, just wouldn't I mean, know. I don't think I don't. But let's just say it was an alien virus and they just were not telling us because they didn't want us to panic. 
yeah. cover something up has been done in the past. Those sort of um, those sort of tricks. But the less, less lethal um, situations. The stop. Um, we discussed, I think, in other episodes on here. We don't need to go over it. Now. No, no. Um, but yeah, I think we're, we're sort of sitting on the fence a bit. It sounds like. Um, yeah, definitely. It's yeah. A difficult place to be. For two but it's it's very hard to. There's something about what's happening around me and around all of us. I don't know. I'm beginning to sense that there's some some agenda at play here. That and I, I can't quite. Compliance. Yeah, and and it's amazing. I think one thing that's is it's amazing how quickly people acquiesce. Like the situation, people. I mean, obviously. I mean, I know you were saying earlier that there's actually people going out sunbathing and sticking their fingers up to this whole thing but most people are just staying indoors um and they're, they're but i get i get it i understand that they think they're doing the right thing but it does to me this really does demonstrate that that whole thing about you know how is it possible that the few can control the many and it's it's just well because the many just acquiesce immediately once they get any sense that there's a threat and they just get herded like like sheep basically and it's but the like trouble with this particular thing you know with certain other things it might i mean if you think of world war Two, it's like you know you've got to put your lights out put that light out there's an air raid on yeah that was the thing you wouldn't be able to have a light on but i think in the daytime okay that's more dangerous really than this but you could still have a relative amount of freedom moving around and going to see a film and go to a cafe and stuff like that go to a pub yeah you would exactly and they change everything got rid of everything in like I mean, there are things that they can never have... Yeah, they would have taken years of arguing in Parliament to, to even do. I mean, uh, like maybe paying everyone's wages, like, almost like a basic income and things like that. They've done it in like two weeks. They've pretty much rammed it through. Not quite in name, but mm. similar concepts. You know, um, yeah, things that would have taken forever. There's always said that a war can you know, bring about great catalyzing change very quickly. Yeah, exactly. It's a great excuse, you know, that something like this has. But... Um, in a way, with this particular example, you, you, know, you really are seeing that like, if you're walking towards someone, you don't step out of their way, I and mean, I always do, but if you don't, you're kind of like a pariah, you know, and it's very much, um, and you could infect them, or they can infect you, so it's very, um, yeah, it's not like some things where you might sort of, uh, like, say, 9-11, say, you know, you can walk around looking a bit dodgy with a backpack, and I might say, or, you know, you could have a bomb in there or something, uh, it's not... Yeah. You're not going to get that very often, though. Whereas this, it's every time you go out, you could potentially be touching someone or you haven't washed your hands or something. And uh, it's much more pervasive of every situation, I would say, as a as a fear, um, focus of fear. Yeah, you know? yeah. That's what it is. I mean, it might be rightly so, but even rightly or wrongly, it still is in every situation and every moment. Whereas most things... Um, you know, like here at the railway station nowadays, uh, you know, if you see something suspicious, report it and that. It's only in those sort of situations. You're not getting it everywhere, on every street and literally on the beach or whatever. You know, this is like every situation that you're experiencing its effects. And it's very, uh, very unhealthy and very, um, you know, quite stressful, really, in a, in a kind of slow way. It is, yeah. The ups and downs, I'm sure you do on this, everyone does. And, uh, it's difficult and to see where it's going to go in a few weeks. Uh... Well, if they, if worst case scenario is they, they say, right, we need another 
month of this, which I probably will do, I think. And and then they say, and we need to make the lockdown measures more stringent. You can't go out for your daily exercise now. Um, it'll be interesting to see how people react to that. Uh, if people just acquiesce to it. I mean, in Italy, there is, apparently there are signs now that people are getting a bit fed up with the restrictions yeah. that there's right there's not no not rioting but there's apparently there's, there's some reports of a bit of looting going on in sicily where they're raiding shops and organizing uh, kind of looting gangs and people are just kind of just starting to creep out of their apartments and stuff in the middle of the day and the police are having to be quite heavy-handed with them to get them back in di- inside and all that kind of thing so it, it, if it goes on in Italy much longer, I think there might be trouble. But that could that happen here? Who knows? I mean, I, I know we're... It could, I suppose it's the same in any country. How long can you tolerate this kind of thing, these restrictions? Well, I mean, clothes aren't seen as a necessary purchase, probably because it's the summer, you know. Yeah. People are going to be very down yeah, and nothing to do. No. There's a lot of people who are going to be really suffering mentally with what's happening. Oh, yeah. Uh, and you'll get, like, the prepper types who probably love what's happening in a way, but we don't really have many of those in the UK. That's more like an American thing. Yeah, sure. But the, I'm trying to sort of think about it, like, from a prepper's perspective. It's like, yeah, it's kind of just got a bunker in, but it's like you can't really do that unless you've got a plot of lands where you can grow your own food and all that kind of thing. Yeah, we need to be covered with lots of food in. I mean, exactly. You always have to go back to, to the supermarket. Yeah. Just keep it. Yeah, it's too late now though. But yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it's it's. It, I mean, and I suppose the other angle on this we've not really mentioned is the stock market and all that business. It's it's bit. It's, I've monitored it, and at first that that seemed like the biggest story in town. Actually, the way the stock market was going about a week and a half ago. It was uh, unbelievable watching the uh, the share prices drop and the S and P five hundred values and the FTSE one hundred. It was it was just tanking like, just like it's never happened before really yeah. in the way. It, but <clears throat> there's been this huge two trillion dollar bailout, which is way bigger than the two thousand and eight crash bailout, which that is staggering to think that, and that just happens and it's not even a big deal. Yeah. So maybe. Yeah, yeah. Unbelievably big story, yeah. But it's almost like they've, uh, they've, well, you. I suppose one angle on this is 
perhaps that is actually what's going on. It's it's like a kind of huge power grab, and and there's just been this massive bailout that that's propped up the economy because it was about to to crash maybe, and and they justified it. But yeah, I don't know. Again, it's just another another angle on it. But the one thing I mentioned that I thought was interesting was all of these UK and Western based companies that are now going to be really struggling and their stock market values are going to be really, really low. Um, who's going to buy them up suddenly? It will probably be China. So China's gaining more and more power with with potentially with what's happening. China is, is gaining more and more power. And maybe that's the end goal here is, is for China to become like this world policeman. I mean, they've got the numbers to do it. And uh, that's quite a scary idea. But... That could, that's just, yeah, yeah, I suppose, yet yeah, another angle, really. It's just, uh, is this all part of a Chinese conspiracy? Or, or maybe it's not a Chinese conspiracy. Maybe it's a, a global New World Order conspiracy, but they're using China as a vehicle to do it, kind of thing. Oh, yeah, I mean, if it's a New World Order, they would always use somewhere as a, as a trigger. Yeah. If this goes on for months, people. Yeah, that's the big fear. It'd be interesting this time of the year where things are like looking back, reflecting what what did that change? What what, what rights? What freedoms did we lose as a result of that 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 episode? That you know the the, the pandemic period. it's horrible and then you, you I mean luckily it was well, some some people are lucky some people aren't in that regard but most people are finding they're having to queue outside supermarkets now to get in yeah yeah and that, I was queuing for about half an hour the other day and uh, that that was probably best case scenario from what I've read about other other areas of the country yeah but I mean the, luckily there are smaller places where you can go where it's not doesn't seem quite as bad but yeah, that that's a very odd feeling queuing up outside supermarkets. It feels like something out of the Soviet era. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it does, yeah. And uh, yeah, the Alan Watt kind of said about that. He was saying. Um, the, yeah, yeah. He he said something the other day in a, in a 
podcast he put out where he, there was a saying in 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 Soviet Russia where if you see a queue, join it, and it and I think that's about sort of acquiescence to the state. You know, it, that's how I read that quote. It's like, or, or or maybe on an individual level, it's like there's obviously a reason why they're queuing. So it's like I'll just join the queue. But I'm not saying that's quite what's going on here because people are going to the supermarket because they need to go shopping. But what if there's eventually there might be queues for everything like petrol and I mean I guess petrol there won't be queues for because no one can drive anywhere so that's not that's not really in demand now that's right that's right and there's always going to be a particular situation that uh, you know if you think of science fiction stories that were predicting breakdowns from society they'll, they'll never quite have it the same as it is but some of it is some of it isn't yeah um, yeah no it's, it's you know they normally have well there's a program called Survivors years and years ago on BBC TV where they had a I think it was some sort of virus got out, it may have been an important down or somewhere like that, and it dropped it and it spread and everyone died off and it was just down to a very small population left, I remember. It was a quite an effective programme at this day. Um, but that dealt with what would happen if that kind of absolutely scary, horrible, exaggerated version happened, but they didn't do a version where it's just, you know, with all respect, but a few hundred, a few thousand casualties but it causes all this type of change yeah. to society. That's not what a TV show normally shows. Yeah. So it's got a bit of a SF feel, but if that, you know, from another point of view, like David Ike's saying, in a way, if, if it is many more than you get from normal flu, yeah, we don't know. It's not being just misappropriated. Yeah. Some sort of agenda. It doesn't mean Boris Johnson and that necessarily even know about it. I mean, it could be above their heads. Yeah, exactly. I think it. I think it would be. Yeah, this is deep state sort of scenario. Like uh, above the head of nation states, perhaps it, it's. If if there is a conspiracy here, I mean, it, obviously there is the chart of possibility. This is is it is what we're being told, and that in itself is is you know that's worrying and and all that business. But but the the hospital stuff does seem very very fishy to me that that's the area that I'm beginning to feel might unravel this whole thing that the, there's reports for example again this is just people typing comments on YouTube videos I'm not saying it could be used as evidence in a court of yeah, law sure. but people are saying things like I've got a friend who's an NHS worker and there's nothing going on in the hospitals it's quiet or it's certainly no busier than it usually is and that's not the scenario that people, I think, have in their heads at the moment when they're clapping outside on a Thursday night, do you know what I mean, for the, for the NHS workers. That, yeah. But the, the flip side of that coin is, well, no, that, that it just hasn't hit the hospital yet. It's, it, it's coming, the, it, it, the numbers. But we're kind of being told that the lockdown measures are, are working, so therefore the potentially we've we've plateaued that's i think that's something they said over the weekend we've hit that plateau now where new cases are starting to flatten out mm. we'll see how that goes with that the hospital in east london and i think they've yeah. several more as well or they, they're not exactly built but they've adapted buildings see how full they get because that, that must have been predicting a hell of a lot and uh, if that doesn't get filled up then well yeah that 
if that gets filled up, there be there will be visual evidence of that, and it will be clear to everybody that there's a serious problem happening around us. Yeah. Um, but I mean, there's video of of, of of stuff going on in Italy, which looks horrific when you see it. But there is, I hate to say it, but there's definitely also some evidence of quite a few shenanigans going on with the video footage. Um, there's also a, a, a meme that's circulated on the internet that's worth mentioning where you saw pictures of nurses after a 20-hour shift taking off their, their their masks and goggles, eye protection, and you, they've got bruises all over their face and stuff as a result of that, and that's really nasty to see. But there's also evidence that those pictures were photoshopped. So that is there's some manipulation going on at the level of memes going around the internet and things. So it, it, it all, to me, seems to point towards this being not quite what it seems. But people are being taken along for a ride at the moment in a, on a mass scale, maybe. But right. I do, don't obviously don't want to say 100% because yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you can sit here and say all this, but then if what if you or me come down with it, then yeah, that's the, all the evidence we need that there's there's a real issue. Um, but I mean, in Brighton, I think there's been like seventy cases. We've had it quite lightly here so far. Yeah, yeah. I keep an eye on that daily. I check the Brighton and Hove figures. Um, it's yeah, really very low here at the moment. That obviously could change. But it's interesting, though, because we were one of the first places in the country to, to get it, weren't we, because of we that? Some guy came, didn't he, from some holiday. Yeah, a super spreader, they called him. That's right, yeah. And he, he went to some pub near Wernhove at a Grenadier pub, and uh, they go cordoned off the whole pub and all that business. But nothing really happened. Uh, no one really came down particularly unwell. Um... I think there was a care home in Brighton. Apparently, there was a report of a care home where ten people died, and that was in the Argus. But I've only I've only seen that reported in one place, which is kind of weird. So I would have thought the national news would have picked up on that. Sure, they died, but they didn't just have it. I don't think they died. Yeah, I might need to revisit that. Maybe they didn't die, but there was a, there was a care home in in Brighton that yeah. definitely had a big case of it. Apparently, but this is this is just local news reporting going on they may have got it completely wrong um it may have just been that they had had flu-like symptoms it may not have been covid19 because how can they know it's covid19 there's no there's no tests that prove it that prove you you've, you've got it no well, that's, that's what they're trying to develop um, yeah take a lot of time you can't just knock them up in five minutes that's the trouble so um, by the time it's over they might have a great test Mm. That can't be helped. Anyway, I suppose that, yeah, it's interesting. But we'll have to just keep an eye on it like everyone else at the moment. Okay, great. Yep. But yeah, we'll hang in there and um, hope everyone listening to the podcast as well, they remain safe and stay vigilant during this very old period. Forces strike the edge of ecology.